You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you tuned in today. I hope that today's episode of the podcast encourages you in your walk with Jesus. So today's episode is a devotional episode. I just want to read to you from the book of Acts and share something that God put on my heart. I shared this with our staff in this week's staff meeting, but uh, I'll set it up for you this way. our, our staff's going through a devotional material right now together uh, by Craig Etheridge. We're just we're talking about discipleship process and, and what it means to reach people for Jesus. And anyway, one of the lessons, just there, there was a verse we read that just spoke to me. And so I want to dive into the book of Acts and talk to you about the disciples for just a few minutes. So I want to set the scene this way. In Acts chapter 4, uh, Peter and John are standing on defense in a trial before the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin is the group of Jewish leaders and elders that tried Jesus. They're the ones that pushed Jesus to Pilate and asked for crucifixion. Uh, So this is the leading, governing body of Judaism in the temple. Uh, This is the people that had Jesus killed only a few months before. What happened is they they healed a lame man outside the temple, and then they walked inside the temple. Everybody saw the lame man, evidence from his life that Jesus was alive and powerful and well. Well, so Peter preached, and people believed, and you know this just kind of lit a good fire in the temple. And so as a result, Peter and John were arrested. Well, the next day, they're on trial for their good deeds. And there's just a ton in this story that touches my heart. But the thing that I want to give our church today um, is that you know Peter's preached about Jesus. He said there's no under no other name under heaven by which people can be saved. And he's spoken so persuasively as the Sanhedrin's encouraged him not to talk about Jesus. He's gone forward and just preached to them about the crucifixion of Christ, about the resurrection of Jesus. Like he is giving a powerful, compelling witness for Jesus. And he's standing here as a former fisherman, standing in front of the Supreme Court, looking at the high priest who called for the execution of his master and giving a beautiful, eloquent defense of Christianity. And there's this one verse in verse 13 that has got my attention. This is what it says. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, They were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. If you look at that verse, uh, there's just not a whole lot of like, not a whole lot that needs to be unpacked. It's super plain, but this is what I want to point out to my people. I want to to encourage Carterville Baptist Church that we would be believers who spend time abiding with Jesus Christ so that we are personally changed on a daily basis, that our lives become an overflow of enjoying Jesus, of Jesus being alive and well inside our church, inside our own individual souls, that we're fully devoted to him, that we're spending time with him, and that when we walk out of that, the rest of the world can look at us and see that there's something different. They're they're not looking at us as religious hypocrites or as self-righteous, better-than-thou church folks, but they can tell there's something different different about us. So let's just, let's take a look at what's going on. All right. First of all, everybody in this room was religious. Every member of the Sanhedrin and Peter and John all 
were religious people. So what we're not saying is, oh, these guys have been to church or, oh, these guys have lots of information. What's blowing their mind is that Peter and John are given this powerful, courageous, eloquent defense of Jesus, but they didn't go to school for it. In other words, they never they never were trained in the art of rhetoric. Their families weren't uh, aristocratic. They didn't have a long and quality education. In fact, they were fishermen. They probably studied well. They certainly you know, would have been interested in the teachings of rabbis and understanding the Bible in their local synagogues and from their local Pharisees. But they were they were professional fishermen and Jesus called them out of those boats to come be his disciples. So we know that they were probably listening to John the Baptist and picking up lots of good information. But these folks were never trained in rhetoric. They didn't have polished degrees. And yet, they were able to give a beautiful, powerful, compelling defense of the ministry of Jesus. How? Because the Bible says they were ordinary and unschooled. The people were astonished. Like these important leaders were blown away. I'm thinking about the passage where Jesus taught the disciples that his followers would be persecuted, but not to worry that when you're standing in front of synagogues or in front of courts, that the Holy Spirit would give you the words to say. And I think that's exactly what's happening here. The Lord has given them courage and words. And where do they get that courage and those words? And the answer is from abiding in Jesus Christ through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So these guys are unschooled, they're ordinary, but everybody's astonished, and the folks in that room took note that these people had been with Jesus. I thought that was cool, that the only explanation for how these people went from being rough around the edges, unschooled fishermen, to, my goodness, these guys are amazing witnesses for the Lord, was simply that they had been impacted by Jesus. Well, obviously... I love education and Christian education. I mean, I've most of our church family knows I've been to school, you know, half the time I've been here. I've got a PhD in the New Testament. I'm thankful for all the things I learned, but I'm going to be the first person to tell you that theological education cannot come close to a life transformed by Jesus. If I had to pick one or the other, I want a church filled with people whose lives are radically changed by personal relationship with Jesus. Is education good? Sure. It's fantastic. I hope you get it. But I hope that none of us ever become more educated than our souls and our hearts can bear. And I sure hope that we don't allow education or information or religion or rituals. I hope that we don't allow any of that or success or status or wealth to replace the one fundamental thing that we need to be alive and well in our church family. And that is we need to spend time with Jesus. So how cool is it to me that the high priest, the chief priests, and the Sanhedrin are looking at these two fishermen, scratching their heads, and all they can think is, wow, these guys have been spending time with Jesus and they're changed by it. So as we engage our mission this week to love the lost in our community, uh, to reach our neighbors, to love our enemies, to minister inside our families, You know, there's a lot of resources that you might bring to the table. Your experience, your education, your knowledge, your background. Uh, Maybe you have tons and tons of accolades. But the one thing I'm begging you to take to the world today is that you've been with Jesus and you've been changed. So church family, I want to encourage us to have a fresh testimony. 
You know, that we don't have to just look back 10 years to tell you what Jesus did the day we were saved, that we can tell you today what Jesus is still doing, how he's replacing anxiety with peace, how he's leading us providentially to persevere through persecution or suffering, how he's ministering to us in grief, how he's giving hope to us in loss. So church family, I'm asking you, would we covenant together to be people who spend time with Jesus and then we will give the world something really worth having? So as you reach out, let's make sure that you've reached up to Christ first. Let's enjoy Jesus in our prayer closets. Let's abide in the vine. Let's make sure that the hope of glory, Christ in us, is clear to the world. So as you walk out your door and engage your mission, we're not just taking religion to the world. We're taking Jesus to the world. Give them something worth finding. I love you, church family. Can't wait to see you on Sunday. God bless you.